This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiansen. And a good, good day to everyone out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. Welcome to the Podium Finish Live, episode number 55, the world's fastest hour racing talk. I'm your host, Rob Tiansen, a member of the National Motorsports Press Association, or NMPA. And I'm joined alongside, as always, my good friend and co-host and fellow NMPA journalist, Nathan Solomon. And special guest today, Michelle Friedman, also a motorsports journalist, but she is from the great state of Arizona, but also a real Texan, unlike me. And it's been a hot minute since we've done TPF Live, but, you know, it's the holiday season. So, of course, we're not dormant like the bears and caves, but it's the first day of winter as we're recording this show. So... If we seem a little bit of rusty here on the show, you know, don't worry. We're going to get the reps in because we're getting very much closer to the start of the 2023 NASCAR season. You might be thinking, Rob, why are you saying 2023 NASCAR season when this show is being clearly recorded on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022? Well, it's the holidays, man. Come on. We're getting ready for NASCAR season. The 75th anniversary of the greatest stock car series in the world. And, uh, we might as well get our reps in because we've got some great interviews coming up. And in fact, Nathan will talk about that a little bit later on. But I will say for today's show, we have Raja Carruth, driver of the number 24 GMS Racing Chevrolet Silverado, joining us on this program. So super exciting. Um, it's not like a recording we had to pluck from the archives. This is really fresh, really brand new. So looking forward to it. In fact, it's going to be my first time hearing this live. So um, pretty exciting stuff. But before I get to introduce Nathan and Michelle, let me, of course, bring in our sponsor, SpoilerDieCast.com, because, hey, you might be doing some shopping after Christmas. So uh, let's let Pastor Rob talk about SpoilerDieCast.com. Take it away, Rob. Hey, race fans. Are you in hunt for the latest and greatest in NASCAR collectibles from Lionel Racing or sprint cars from Acme Diecast? Head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com. They've got a lot of offerings that you cannot find anywhere else, as well as some hidden gems that you may have lost during your childhood. And if you spend $20 or more on in-stock items or pre-order items, you can save 5% off your order and get free shipping if you use promo code TPF. Recently, I bought myself about 5 diecast cars from the Lionel Racing Collection, and it was going to be about $50, but with my promo code of TPF, not only did I get free shipping, but I saved about $2.50. Pretty awesome, I'd say, and my order arrived within three business days, which, honestly, that's pretty fast given how you can wait around with snail mail all day long, but hey, Evan and Nitsin got it done, and I'm a pretty happy diecast collector right now, so head on over to spoilerdiecast.com, and if you spend $20 or more, on in-stock items or pre-order items, use promo code TPF and you'll be in victory lane knowing that you save some money and look like a pretty awesome driver or car owner in your own right. SpoilerDieCast.com to be in victory lane right now with promo code TPF. SpoilerDieCast.com has all those latest and greatest in diecast cars and I'm sure that Evan and his team will have the 2023 diecast cars from Lionel up and running as soon as we get to the 2023 season so get those pre-orders in because i'm sure evan and his team are going to be hard at work getting your goodies out there and um, if you guys can see my background 
it's pretty much the real life version of a 124s car that I got from uh, Evan's company. So check them out. But anyways, folks, let's go bring in my friends and my co-hosts for today. And we'll start off actually being the gentleman that I am. I'm going to bring in Michelle first and then Nathan. So ladies first, if you don't mind, Nathan. And Michelle, um, before I introduce Michelle, and I'll, I don't want to give it away too much, but she's one of my newest friends in the motorsports and media industry. But uh, Michelle, why don't you tell the folks how we met and uh, how are you doing today? All right. Hi, guys. I'm doing fine today. Can everyone hear me okay? We sure All right. can. All right, good. Uh, yes. So my name is Michelle. I go by Michelle Aaron, A-E-R-I-N, if anyone wants to find me on Twitter. I followed NASCAR. I was the NASCAR broadcast reporter for Cronkite News, which is a division of Arizona State University out here in Phoenix, Arizona. So that's how we met. I went around to different races. I got to cover Texas. I got to cover Vegas. I got to cover Phoenix. Uh, and so Rob and I actually met on literally I was having the worst day ever, guys. I lost my press pass. I was on the verge of tears because I couldn't find it. And luckily, one of the guys in the NASCAR PR office knows me. And he was like, Michelle, what's wrong? And I said, it's my first time here. And I can't, I lost my pass. And it was just not a good day. And to top it off, it was a rain delay that day. So Rob was in the media center and he was so nice and he was so helpful. And, you know, everything that was going wrong, I just forgot about it because Rob offered to help me. He's like, whatever you need, do you need help with your broadcast? You need help setting stuff up. So he was very nice to do that. And my report ended up being great. Um, but to top off a really, really bad race day, I got COVID two days later. So I was out sick for a really long time. Well, the last part was kind of crappy because of course that's around the time I think Texas was dealing with a lot of COVID cases, but, um, yeah, other I, than was, that I was texting you. Remember I was like, please get tested for COVID. Have you felt sick? Cause I was around you. I was like, don't get it. Oh no. I, the funny thing is, is that I got it like, Oh, several weeks before you did. So like I was on the mend, like I, I finally tested negative that week. I was like, yes, I can cover this race. Uh, and I was like, Oh, I hope I didn't give it to you. But before I, I feel like we heard some folks saying that there were a lot of folks outside of Texas that were getting sick with COVID. So who knows, but I'm glad you're feeling better. You look better. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm always happy, happy to help people out that I know are new to the track or just I have never talked to because I want everyone to feel comfortable. So I'm happy I formed a good friend in you because I'm hopeful that's not the only race we get to to talk and meet up at. So, oh, yeah, definitely not. I hope to follow. I hope to be able to cover a lot more races in 2023. I just don't know who I'll be covering them for. So we'll see. Well, <laughs> well, maybe I know. The logistics are a little bit challenging with TPF, but we'll, we'll talk about that behind the scenes, of course, if I can. But uh, I'll put my best sales pitch after the show's recording. But uh, in the meantime, I'm really happy to have you here, Michelle, and um, get comfortable. We're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast today, for sure. And last but not least, Mr. Nathan Solomon has been waiting pretty much patiently to record a show if I'm not mistaken, this is like our first recording this entire month, I feel like, because we've been off the air for a long time. Yeah, I don't even remember when the last time we recorded. Like, I know we did 
<laughs> at least one or two like off season editions where we kind of like got caught up on all the news and everything. But I don't even remember when the last time was. We may have done one or like the first couple days of this month. Maybe we did. I don't remember. But um, I don't know. Good as always. Been uh, just finish up finals. I know you did too. So we're now both on a little bit of a Saint Bonaventure hiatus, kind of. Well. I mean, I was just at school today, uh, the day that we were recording the call game, and then came back. So I can't, I can't ever get away. But um, I'm going to a lot of basketball games and busy with that. And just a little anecdote, I'll, I'll drop in here. Maybe you saw my tweet, maybe uh, you didn't. But um, you know, I I decided to, to do a little calculation here. There's this like little date database or whatever where you can kind of calculate like the median date between two days. The day that we're recording here, Wednesday, December 21st, it's not just the winter solstice, so the shortest day of the year, meaning the days will get longer here in a couple days, but it is also the exact midpoint between the Phoenix Championship race and the LA Clash, so we are halfway through the offseason. Well, that is the best news I've heard in a long time, so thank you, Nathan, for that, because uh, I know a lot of us are getting a little antsy here. We're like, okay, can we please talk about racing besides on the podcast? So... That's awesome. I can see Michelle over there. She's just like whooping it up in her studio. And uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'm so excited to get ready to talk about NASCAR. None uh, of my we, friends we, ever want to talk NASCAR. Well, you're in the right place, my friend, because uh, all of us here on TPF love talking racing. So um, the kind of quote Larry McReynolds, um, pull those belts tight one more time, because we're going to do a lot of stock car talk here on TPF Live, because it is the world's fastest hour of racing talk. And Based on the way things are going, we will be doing the hour tops. So I'm happy for that. I'm looking forward to it. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> we will not, but it's all good. Uh, so if for you folks who haven't heard our show in a long time, and I don't blame you because it's been quite a while. Typically, we do a little bit of debating or discussions on podium perspectives where I will field a certain question. And then Nathan will typically take the lead on that. But because we have Michelle tonight, or today rather, they will alternate turns on who gets to speak first, and then the second person gets to speak in, and if they want to do a rebuttal, they can do so. It's like a court case. It's like law and order, except I get to be the judge. Kind of fun this time. I'm not Sam Waterston. I don't I like can... that. I like to be the judge. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe next time you get to be the host and I can be the, the panelist. It's I'll your podcast. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll, maybe for April Fool's. I'll wait my turn. <laughs> on april fools we'll probably do something funny like that uh just to kind of trick people up but uh yeah it's a it's a really fun format kind of like watching the old uh pardon the interruption shows except it's all nascar so we got that going on and then of course we have in the hot seat in which uh roger caruth will be sitting down with nathan and they'll be talking about uh all that there is coming up in 2023 because that's a really awesome situation for that Rev Racing graduate to have such a quality opportunity in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Yes, I get to say NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. It's not the 1990s, folks. It's really 2023. So with that, folks, why don't we get into Podium Perspectives? Oh, well, this is going to be so much fun because I actually don't get to give opinions this time. I get to hear the opinions. So we got four perspective, four podium perspective topics to get through right now. So starting off with probably the biggest news in the last month or so, 
with door sports racing efforts. Now, yes, they are doing another manufacturer change. I feel like they go through so many manufacturer changes that Dennis Rodman's hair color changes back in the 1990s has nothing on door sport racing. And I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to diss on them. <laughs> I get I get why they're doing what they're doing. But anyways, um, besides the fact that they've Gosh, changed Dennis manufacturing- Rodman is an old school reference. <laughs> That's right. I, I like to dish it out like that. So Thor Sport, of course, is switching from Toyota to Ford, but the biggest change of all, I think, is that they have signed Haley Deegan to drive their number 13 truck starting this season. So, Michelle, you get to lead off, and then Nathan gets to kind of rebut afterwards, and then we'll take it from there. So, Michelle, what do you think? All right. I have a couple of different perspectives on this, and I think it's going to be different than either one of you guys would come up with. Um, first of all, on the issue of them switching to Ford, I can't. Oh, I'm really the wrong person to ask on that. I'm pretty partial because we are Ford family. I have a Ford Mustang. Uh, so I think it's going to be exciting to see where that goes in 2023. But to the issue of Haley Deegan, you guys, do you guys follow her on Instagram? Either one of you? You can answer yeah. me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know I'm breaking your format just a minute, but okay. So you guys follow her on Instagram. So to me, the biggest thing for Thor sport racing is how Haley Deegan can leverage the power of her social media. Instagram is where it's all at guys. Anyone 30 or younger, pretty much Instagram is the first thing they go to. They do their Instagram, then their Snapchat, then their Twitter. And Haley Deegan is great at her social media. I don't know if it's her I don't know if it's her team, but she can really leverage the power of that social media. And I think that's going to just be monumental. It's going to raise Thor Sport Racing. Uh, and it's a really big deal that she's able to do that. Um, the second thing, guys, diversity. Everyone wants to talk about uh, LGBTQ. They want to talk about diversity in NASCAR. They want to talk about Bubba Wallace. But the thing that they're forgetting and the thing that I consider the elephant in the room is women. Women in NASCAR are diversity. And so having a cute young girl like Haley Deegan come up in the ranks uh, and be with a great uh, team like Thor Sport Racing, I think that's really going to help women in, uh, it's going to help get more women interested in the sport. Um, you know, guys, if I were to ask my friends, uh, a lot of them don't watch sports. They they think I'm nuts for watching sports. But I guarantee even those people that, that don't watch sports, they're going to know who a Dak Prescott is. They're going to know who Russell Wilson is. They're going to know who, well, maybe not. I was thinking of Justin Fields. They may not know that one. But anyway, um, <laughs> they're going to know who some of those big names are, right? I wish that we could get Joey Logano to that level. So I think that maybe having Haley Deegan in there for Thor is going to be great at getting more women interested in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with all of that. Like, I think that her impact has definitely been, you know, on, on and off track. I think you certainly see her impact, but at least for me, I, I guess I'll, I'll take the other side of it. I think the on-track aspect, I mean, obviously she's shown um, so much potential in her two seasons so far in the formerly Camping World Truck Series, now Craftsman Truck Series. Uh, I think she has three top tens here in, in in her two seasons, but just had a lot of bad luck, like just things not going her way, just kind of getting caught up in a lot of different messes, a lot of different crashes that aren't necessarily her fault. And again, she's shown that potential. She's 
honestly a pretty good road course racer and uh not many people have really gotten to see that just again because like oh there's only a couple truck races every year on road courses like she did the stuff at imsa last year in the michelin tire series and had a really good run i think i think she had a second in, in that race and um i think she had she has a top 10 on, on on one of the road courses this year too so it showed a lot of potential and she goes from a dgr team and that's not to diss on their equipment either because their equipment's not bad but she goes from probably from decent equipment to the cream of the crop you know equipment like this is, this is the best of the best that she's going to be in so it's a it's a huge opportunity for her i mean i thought that honestly i thought she might make the jump to xfinity this xfinity this year if a ride was available i mean she did the one race in xfinity and, and probably pieced together maybe her best race that, that she had done so far at the mm -hmm. nascar level finished 13th place at las vegas was really just consistent all day ran top 15 came home with a clean car and i thought that honestly xfinity would probably suit her a little bit better just because there's like less chaos in those races and mm -hmm. um that would probably be better for her so she's not really caught up like in the middle there and getting caught up in, in some of those messes that are not um you know of her wrongdoing but uh, i think in in this these thor sport trucks i mean obviously this is going to be ford's putting all their support in the truck series to thor sport they're going to have top 10 trucks weekend and week out she's going to be uh in a truck capable of, of you know finishing top 10 every week so um really big year for her i mean obviously that you know with toyota thor sport has shown that they can get all four trucks into the playoffs i mean i think it'll be a really similar position you know, now in 2023. So she'll, she'll go into a truck where um, she's going to be a playoff contender. She's going to be a contender to win races and, and just run really, really consistent. So uh, it's a big year for her. Obviously, she has to perform on track. Um, you know, I think that certainly a lot of the, you know, like the social media stuff that she was doing, um, that will definitely help her. And, and it'll be really good for the series as a whole, just knowing that she's going to be in really competitive stuff and, and kind of bringing that social media following to like the NASCAR and, and TV side, if that um, kind of makes sense. So um, really, really big year for her i think that she has the, the a potential and the ability to uh, you know contend for race wins and, and be in the mix for the playoffs and, and make the playoffs and uh and you know once you get to the playoffs you know we've seen in all three series really anything can happen so uh obviously i think the goal for her has to be to make the playoffs and then uh everything will just kind of kind of go from there all right uh, i was just going to add you mentioned her finish at Vegas. She did finish 13th place, but all the headlines to go back to what I was saying with the diversity, all the headlines I read said, uh, and I've got one right here in front of me, 13th place finish at Las Vegas Motor Speedway is the best finish by a woman driver in an Xfinity debut. I would like to get to the day where we don't even have to say, or we don't even have to mention woman driver. We just say, oh, by a debut at Xfinity, that's the highest debut. That's, that's where I was going with that. No, I hear you on that because I think that's kind of the thing I want to see happen in diversity with that with NASCAR or, or sports in general, where, where we can it's normal for a woman to be in stock car racing and we're not just uh, delineating them by gender, but by who they are and their talent level. And Deegan certainly has showcased her talents before. Um, it was definitely a weird year for her this past season. But now that she's with one of the best teams in all the truck series, I think certainly expectation to her in the playoffs should be pretty much reasonable. Like she should make it. Uh, will she win? Uh, time will tell. It'll be really interesting to see how quickly she'll adapt to her new team. And uh, also knowing that she's going to be working with Ben Rhodes' crew chief as well, uh, Rich Lucius, which is going to be huge because he is obviously the crew chief who won the 2021 truck series championship with Ben Rhodes. So you have to kind of think that 
once they kind of build their rapport with each other, uh, it's going to be really fun times with that number 13 team. So um, interesting number choice, I will say, if you're not superstitious. <laughs> Let's just hope her truck is not uh, it's not green and she's not eating peanuts near it. Um, I will get to why I'm saying all that because it's kind of an old motorsports, old wife's tale, if you will. But uh get to Thorsport Racing, it's super exciting stuff. Thorsport going to Ford. Um, let's just hope they stick with this manufacturer. Uh, we're not having to write another story in three more years because I feel like we can just copy and paste those stories all the time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding on that part. But anyways, let's move on to another awesome transaction that took place in the past few weeks. Now, Alpha Prime Racing has been pretty much like signing and getting new kinds of drivers or bringing back drivers, almost like the New York Mets spending their money on new free agents, uh, I feel like. And yes, I do follow baseball, folks. Um, Jeffrey Earnhardt will be joining Alpha Prime Racing full time next year in the Xfinity Series. My opinion, very quickly, is that this is his last chance, really, to prove himself as a NASCAR driver because he's had chances with JGR before that sponsorship situation blew up in his face in 2019. He did do the one-off with RCR this year, which at Talladega, super awesome run, but kind of had to, he had to expect that. It's Talladega. Uh, but really, Jeffrey Earnhardt's kind of been a, a, an enigma of a driver, I would say. So for this one, I want to get with Nathan on this and then hear from Michelle. What's your thoughts on Jeffrey Earnhardt driving for APR this coming season? Is he going to succeed? Was this a situation where they should assign someone else? Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned Alpha Prime. They're kind of they're kind of signing everybody right now, right? Like I think uh, you know, just the other day too, they announced that Ryan Ellis will be um, driving. I think all but nine races in one of their cars. So they're now up to three cars now, and um, there's certainly you know speculation of other drivers that could be landing there too. So um, who knows on what they'll end up growing to as well? But um, you know, Jeffrey Earnhardt, he he showed some potential last year, and I think. You know, after a couple of tough years for him, I think last year was a, a good reminder to everybody that, like, hey, like, I, I still have potential here. Like, I, I can still, you know, run really well. I mean, he, he did some races in the Sam Hunt car, uh, got some top 15 finishes. Obviously, you mentioned doing that race there with RCR. He finished second there with Larry McReynolds on the pit box. But, um, you know, finished seventh at Nashville with, with Sam Hunt. And, I mean, that's one of the best runs that car had all year. Uh, you know, 12th at Bristol, 15th at Daytona. So, 13th at Atlanta, so he had some really good runs in that Sam Hunt car, and that's not necessarily a car that is always capable of, of being up in the mix to contend to win races all the time. Like I think it, that's that car is typically like a 15th or 20th place car, and to see Jeffrey Arnhart kind of bring it outside of maybe his expected like finishing range and and get some of those top 15 finishes. I think that says a lot about him as a race car driver. And Alpha Prime, those last really 12 or 15 races of the season here in 2022. They were really fast. They like they, they really struggled early on, but kind of around uh, Michigan, Watkins Glen, they just really found something, and they were really quick there towards the end of the year. Um, had some top tens, a couple top fives even, I think. So uh, big year coming up for Alpha Prime. I think that, they're, that they take a big step in the right direction there towards the end of 2022. I think they'll parlay that into 2023 and have some more in, in improved speed. Uh, I think we knew that they maybe struggle a little bit at first with that transition to, um, well, really a new company from Martin's Motorsports to Alpha Prime Racing. Obviously, um, Tommy Joe kind of switching from uh, the driver role to the, uh, you know, team owner, administrator, leader role. Um, so now that everything's kind of getting into place, they're kind of developing a, a really strong driver core. 
Uh, I think Alpha Prime, you know, going into 2023 and beyond is going to be really, really solid. Jeffrey Earnhardt is going to have an opportunity where he can get uh, top 15, top 20 finishes. You know, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be in the playoffs, but uh, I think there's there's no reason why he can't, um, you know, piece together maybe a, 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 a fringe top 15 point season. Okay, so Nathan pretty much covered everything that I was thinking, uh, but to speak to Earnhardt as a driver, uh, a major cornerstone for Earnhardt has been his sponsor forever long. And a lot of times when drivers switch like this, they lose their sponsors. But ever or forever long, I'm sorry, forever long, they announced this week that he is not going to lose them as a sponsor. They are going to be switching with him. So I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see how he will do with this team. I think he will complement them very well. Um, so I think it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the huge thing that he's going to have his partner with forever long joining him at APR because, uh, like you said, Michelle, they t- sponsors typically are not so sure if they want to follow their driver if they go to, the, to a different team. But he's he's got a really good rapport with them, and uh, he seems to be the perfect ambassador for their brand. And now that he's got a really good competitive ride, and this is not a repeat of the IK9 situation in 2019, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with APR. Um, hopefully, they can certainly you know pick off some top 15 finishes off their bat, uh, because oh, this is a team that certainly, I would say, is a mid-tier Kind of a College Racing Junior Part 2. As you may remember, folks, College Racing wasn't always a winning team. They were just trying to carve out top 10 finishes as a single-car team before they developed into a multi-car team that is now a title contender in not only Xfinity, but the Cup Series. So what Tommy Joe Martins and Cesar Baccarella are doing um, is really solid work. And, uh, you know, I will have to give a shout-out to David Schildhouse as well for doing what he does behind the scenes with that team. So I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing what APR will do next season or this season, because it's pretty much coming here soon, folks. We're moving pretty quickly here. I, I think we need a caution flag for uh, putting perspectives. With, uh, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I you, feel like I'm talking so fast. I was trying no. to get through for you. No, you're good. I think it's because it's NASCAR. Things We talk fast here on racing, the world's fastest hour racing talk. So uh, you're fitting right in, Michelle. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got a lot of good topics coming up here uh, with topic number three. Now, this one might hit closer to home for you, Michelle, because uh, we're going to be talking about Glendale, Arizona's uh, Michael McDowell, but of course his teammate as well, um, Todd Gilliland. It was announced uh, this month that Front Row Motorsports is going to uh, bring them both back for 2023, which I, if I recall, this is the first time they're going to have the same driver lineup pretty much like ever. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. It's, it's, a, it's a fact because I feel like Michael McDowell, his second right. team, and has, they've changed hands so much. It's almost become like the Harry Potter joke, if you will. Like, who's going to be the new defense against the dark arts teacher? Well, no, you don't have to get Snape, folks. We've, we've got Todd Gilliland joining Michael McDowell. And we, we saw Front Row Motorsports uh, showcase some speed and some consistency in these last couple of years. So you know, Michelle, I want to get your perspectives on this, and then we'll hear from Nathan. We obviously know what Michael McDowell can do. We saw Todd Gilliland kind of showcase what he could do last year, but moving into 2023, how will they fare moving into 2023? I think they're going to do quite well. I mean, this is, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be McDowell's sixth season with Front Row as in the number 34 Ford team. So I think he's very well established. 
Uh, he made his first postseason back in 2021, and I think he's only going to continue to improve. We're only going to see great things from him. And Gilliland is no uh, no stranger to racing. You know, his dad was a former Cup Series competitor. Uh, he's certainly been around the ARCA circuit long enough, so I think that that is going to be uh, a great a great lineup. And then, of course, they still have Zane Smith as well, it looks like. So I think they're going to do quite well this year. Yeah, and like, you know, this this next-gen car, obviously, that, that came in here for this, you know, this season 2022, you know, that car is meant to help teams just like Front Row. Like, it's, uh, th that car is tailored, like, just to them, right? And, you know, they come in here, and they probably had their best season overall here in 2022. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, like what you mentioned, I mean, McDowell wins the Daytona 500 in 2021. We always knew with Super Speedway potential, uh, makes the playoffs. Obviously, that's a, a bit of a quick exit there. But um, with, the, with the next-gen car, I mean, it it just it fits both of them so well. I mean, uh, McDowell had 12 top 10 finishes here in 2022. He was, he was consistently running top 15. Uh, he contended for wins multiple times, which uh, I don't think anybody really expected that to happen outside of the, you know, uh, excuse me, outside of these super speedway races. I mean, you saw McDowell up in the mix at Sonoma, Watkins Glen, um, even a couple of the ovals as well. He had tremendous speed on. So um, McDowell is showing his full potential here now that he's in um, really some pretty decent equipment at front row. Obviously, Todd Gilliland. Um, you know, the rookie there kind of making that transition here in, in, in 2022. Obviously, you know, the, that playing field had been leveled, but still a huge jump going from, well, not just the Xfinity, Xfinity Cup Series, but doing what he did, jumping from trucks to Cup Series. I think you'll see him kind of take a step in the right direction here in 2023. But, um, you know, kind of just to the point of, of keeping that driver lineup the same, you know, that, that's huge for them. Obviously, uh, like I think what you mentioned, Rob, just that this is the first time in, you know, seemingly forever the driver lineup has been exactly the same there. So having some consistency in the shop, I think, will load really well for them. And then, you know, having Zane Smith back in the truck garage, that'll obviously help again. Um, you know, they're, they're a championship-winning organization now. They won the Truck Series Championship. Um, that confidence there, knowing that, that they can win things, like that that translates over to the cup garage too. Um, you know, Smith is going to run a couple cup races. He can do the, the Daytona 500 as well. So I think with this next-gen car, you're just going to see front row getting better and better each year. I totally agree with you. I think consistency is key in this case. And so it, I think they're going to do very well. And it's it's funny you mentioned the next-gen car because when so many drivers are against the next-gen car, I did an entire report about that. I think that you're absolutely right, that this team may actually benefit from it. They may be a, one of the few teams that might benefit from that. So I, th I think you're right on that point. And even like a team like College Racing too, like obviously this is their first, well, 2022 was their first like real year in the Cup Series. So I think like teams that are just kind of getting in now, even like Trackhouse Racing, those are the teams that I've obviously benefited the most from it. Obviously, I mean, Trackhouse just competed for a championship too, right? But, um, you know, a team like College that's, or um, even RCR, like teams that are just kind of like mid-pack teams, uh, they're they're going to benefit from from this new car a lot. And, you know, we, see, we saw that a lot in 2022. Yeah, yeah, we could probably do a whole podcast on just the next gen car, but we won't go there. <laughs> we may have to, though, because, well, in one of the future episodes, especially when we get closer to the Daytona 500, because um, there, there will be some minor changes, of course, with the next gen car in the name of safety, of course, and also because of OEM bickering, because Toyota felt that Chevrolet and Ford had a little something, something um, in 2022. So, all things being as it is, they went to the parents as NASCAR. NASCAR is like, sure, we'll give you more allowance money. 
And then Chevrolet and Ford also bickered. And then they also got more allowance money. So I'm kind of curious to see how the nose change and the rear clip change is going to impact the next-gen car. Because we had teams figure out the cars. Hendrick Motorsports, Team Penske, McDowell, you know, Michael McDowell's team being among those who I think impressed me the most. So the, will these changes shake up the order from what we saw last year? We'll see. And another thing we have to think about, folks, is the fact that Michael McDowell is going to have a new crew chief and Travis Peterson uh, taking the helm because Blake Harris has moved on to another Arizonan. He likes Arizonans, apparently, because he'll be working with Alex Bowman in 2023. So um, I like that, that might... a lot. Oh, it's going to be an amazing move. Uh, I can't wait I'm to see. I'm so Blake. happy for Alex after the concussion to, to come back out there and to be strong in 2023. Oh, yeah. I mean, that... And that was another thing. I don't want to segue too much and uh, get away from topic number four, which will be coming up. But ironically, Michelle, the race that we covered was one of the last races Alex raced in before, actually the last race before he got injured, uh, which none of us, I mean, we never anticipate anyone getting injured. Oh, but... no, I was sent there to cover Alex Bowman because everything that we do at Cronkite News has to have some type of an Arizona angle to it. So when I was sitting there, like, how can I get them to pay for me to go back to Texas? Not just because I wanted to see my family, but I, Alex Bowman was my my key. And so that race was really that was a big race. I mean. And unfortunately, of course, like not even halfway into stage two, he hits the wall. but. Um, when we were there, we didn't know that he really got his bell rung. He looked like it looked like a normal hit, really. And he he did finish the race, and uh, but things kind of were a little strange and a little, you know, like not suspicious, but you knew something was bad because he wasn't in the media bullpen after the race. Yeah, and after um, the race, not to talk, get too much off top, topic, but after the race is when we found out he had suffered a concussion. And I remember telling everyone in the media room, and they they told me not to ask this question. And I was like, what kind of a journalist would I be if I don't ask the hard-hitting questions, right? So I said, whenever I had uh, Tyler Reddick up there, I was going to ask about the next-gen cars. And I was going to ask what their thoughts are, where the safety. And everyone thought I was nuts. And I got up there and I asked him and, you know, he gave me a kind of a political answer about how they're still finding ways to push the cars through the corners. But anyway, all right, back to our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and that was one of those who actually, we backed you up on that. Cause I was like, you might as well. I mean, uh, if Paul Chris asked that question, that might be a little bit tough, but I feel like that's the nice thing about being a, a guest star in the media center. We get to ask the questions that we know are the tough ones, but yeah, oh, I had man, no I, problem. I was oh. like, Michelle Aaron, Cronkite News, blah, blah, blah. I asked my question and, <laughs> you know, if I never see them again, I never see them again. I don't know. No, you you will see them again. But I, I was like, dang, I, I got to do that more often now um, going into 2023. So we'll see about that. I definitely want to do a journalism type of podcast um, before the season begins. So let's 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 kind of hold off on that a little bit because that, that could be a fun topic for me, Nathan, and you to talk about. For our last topic, and yes, we are breezing right along, folks. See, this is what happens when we rest. We, we're having fun. Uh, Roger Kruth, who is our guest for the hot seat today, is going to be full-time racing in the truck series, the GMS Racing. I feel like other than, um, you know, Front Row Motorsports making these changes in APR, spending some money on drivers, how about GMS Racing with all their changes going to have these new drivers, their relationship with Kyle Busch Motorsports. And oh, by the way, Roger Carruth, who's one of the hottest and most talented drivers in the diversity camp driving for this prolific team. 
Nathan, I know you had a chance to talk with him, so don't give away too, too much about your interview, but I'll let you go first, and then Michelle, you get to chime in afterwards. How momentous is this for Roger Carruth, a recent Rev Racing graduate, to have this amazing opportunity? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, super happy for Roger. I mean, he's shown his talent, and like, and he's so young, like he, and he only started racing. Like, keep this in mind, he only started racing, like real life racing, in 2019. So he just needs time to grow and develop. Like, he's gonna have some of those flaws. He's gonna have um, some of those learning days. So that's just because he's so inexperienced compared to the rest of the field, and that experience is just gonna come with seat time. And that's something he's uh, preached a lot over, um, really just just his you know year really in the in the true NASCAR ranks. I mean, this is 2022 was really the first time he was full time in anything. That was when he was you know full time with um rev racing in the arc Menard series obviously made a couple truck starts made some xfinity starts got his name out there a lot more um but you know i think a, a lot of people have just um including myself have just really enjoyed documenting his journey because it, it's just it's just so atypical like you know obviously coming through driver diversity and just starting racing so late um it, it's just really cool to, to see that journey get all put together and, and just watch him grow and, uh, you know, just, just see what he does week in and week out. And, and you know, he's, he's one of the nicest guys in the garage, too. Like, you know, he's one of the uh, most approachable people and, and nicest people within the industry as well. So just, just super happy for him. I think he's going to have an opportunity to go out, win races, um, you know, be in the mix for a championship. Uh, you know, he... He showed a lot of speed when he was with Spire in, in those, I think, four races he did in 2022. Um, so he's going to go into some really good equipment there at GMS. Uh, again, I, I fully expect him to have a really good year. Uh, and that's not even to mention, you know, what Xfinity stuff he could be doing. I know there's certainly, uh, you know, he could certainly be making some Xfinity starts again as well. So um, going to be a big year for him. Every year is going to be a big, big year for him. Just, you know, like I said, learning, developing, just uh, with kind of how new he is still to that, um, those real life driving ranks. But uh, you know, he he kind of talks about that more in, in the interview a little bit as well, and and just kind of the the feel now of being, um, not not to like go against Rev or anything, but he 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 kind of talked about it as in the sense of like a real 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 race team, like this feels legit. You know, this is, this is a real deal now. So you'll hear more about that in just a few minutes. I totally agree. He's only twenty years old. He's so much fun to watch when he races. You can just tell that he's having a great time out there. And we mentioned a lot about diversity. And I think that's really huge. Not only did I mention diversity earlier with Haley Deegan getting women involved, perhaps he can help get more African-Americans involved in NASCAR. I think the uh, NASCAR image suffered a little bit when uh, Bubba Wallace thought, and it was proven that it was not, but when he thought he found a noose at his garage in Talladega, and then also just the whole Confederate flag situation, which has now been removed. So I think I, I have seen a lot more African-Americans out at the races. I'll tell you that, especially in Phoenix. But I think that he can helpful, you know, hopefully help drive some of that diversity back. And I think it's going to be great to get that back into the sport and kind of change the entire image. Well, and the thing I think, like, and I definitely agree with that, like, the, the diversification, even of just, like, fans and people within the garage just in these last couple of years. Like, I, I, I don't really have much... Uh, to base it off of compared to like, cause I, I didn't start covering races much until, um, you know, 2020, 2021 after, uh, obviously, you know, obviously everything that transpired in 2020. And I think I only went to one race actually before, uh, ever before 2021. So I don't have much to compare it 
too, but uh, it, it, everything just feels a lot more diversified, though. Just, you know, more more and more people um, of minorities just being interested in the sport. I think people like Raja Karuth and Haley Deegan, um, you know, women uh, you know, like that, um, having an influence in the sport, it, it's been, you know, tremendous for the sport's growth these last couple of years. You know, I gotta say too, I've been covering races on site since 2014, and it, you know, I'm not trying to be too too political, but it was predominantly white males at the racetrack, um, and I stuck up, I stood up like a sore thumb because I'm the only Asian American journalist covering NASCAR, which uh, that's another topic for another time. You didn't see a lot of diversity in the garage. You didn't see them in the grandstands, but I would say through the efforts of Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson, Daniel Suarez, um, you know. Even folks like Ryan Vargas, uh, you know, Roger Carruth, Haley Deegan. We're starting to see a lot of different faces in the grandstands and in the garage area, which honestly is so refreshing for me to see. I'm happy to see all these changes happening just because, you know, like one comment that my sister said when we were at the Texas race, when I had a chance to kind of catch up with them between my, my stories, she's like, Rob, there's a lot more people that I've never seen before people like us. And I was like, really, you're, you think so? And I, I looked around, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is, this is really cool. I mean, think of Daniel, uh, Daniel Suarez with his amigos uh, group that he has at the racetrack. And now Roger Carruth, who's got this really cool following um, from what he does on the racetrack. And also because of what he does in iRacing um, it's going to be really, really special to see him um, on the racetrack next season with a real team. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what he's going to have to say, because I, I know Raja. I've talked to him for the last couple of years, and I have seen him grow from this young kid who says, I'm going to be a future NASCAR Cup Series champion, to uh, I told him recently, I'm like, dude, you are two steps away from making this happen. So make it happen, man. And he's like, hey, I will. And uh, anything he puts a challenge up to for himself, he gets accomplished. So good for Raja. And good for GMS, and this is going to be awesome for the truck series because they they need some uh, fresh faces to say the least. Well, with that, folks, my goodness, Podium Perspectives is now in the books, and this was our last one for 2022. So don't cry for us, Argentina. Um, but it's all going to be fine because we're going to be doing a lot of these, of course, with every show that we do in 2023. Um, so did you like the topics? Did you like our opinions? Did you disagree? Why don't you let us know? You can tweet to us. I will let all of us say what our Twitter handles are, but being the host, I'll go first. My Twitter handle, of course, is at Rob T. Onksen. And then, Michelle, why don't you tell the folks at home how they can follow you on Twitter before we move on to our next topics? Sure. My Twitter is at Michelle Aaron, Michelle with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, -E, and Aaron, A-E-R-I-N. And what about you, Solly? Sorry, I had my mic muted for a second. Uh, at nsolly02 everywhere. So N-S-O-L-L-Y-0-2 everywhere. So Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to find me. That's uh, that's what I'm at. So hit us up, folks. At us. And uh, be respectful. We don't mind having disagreements with you fans at home. Um, we want to have meaning meaningful and fun conversations with you all. Maybe not right now because the holiday season's here. So uh, if you're going to be having some alcohol and having some opinions with us... Uh, Perhaps hold it off until after the, the ball drops in New York City. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, after that, it's all fun. Hey, if you want to talk to us while you're having some drinks, we might read those entertaining tweets. I'll be in Vegas having drinks, too. So I understand. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, you're in the next best place besides New York City, in my opinion, when it comes to New Year's Day so uh, or New Year's Eve. So, man, I can't wait. Um, I would love to talk about holidays, but I know we want to keep this show. You know, I'm the boss here. Why don't we talk about holidays and then we get to the uh, Roger Cruz interview. So, obviously, this is recording while Hanukkah is ongoing. And, of That's course, me. yeah, so happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, we did talk a lot about diversity in this podcast already, but I was the only Jewish person in my entire high school and I graduated with 865 people. So it's not a big city, but it's not a small city in any means. But uh, yeah, so I know what that's like. And I thank you very much for saying happy Hanukkah. It's a really happy time for sure for y'all and for us you know, Catholics, Christians, Christmas is coming around the corner. So hopefully I was on, I was uh, not on the naughty list this year. I, me and naughty don't typically go together. So that's, I'll just leave it at that. Cause I'm like, I think robbers. I was, I, I don't he, think Santa would bring me anything. Well, if he brings you coal, you might actually use it because it's going to be pretty cold everywhere. I feel like. Yeah, it's not, I mean, like, up here in New York, I mean, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but, like, it's, it's. I think it's going to be, like, zero overnight, like, it's only, like, 15 or 20 degrees, so I'm not really... I can't do that. Not looking forward to that. I'm, I mean, I'm a warm weather person, so, I mean, I'm just kind of counting down the days so I can move out of New York and somewhere where it's more reasonably warm. I'm Texas. telling you, Arizona, you've got to go to Phoenix. <laughs> I will be I in, love in a few months though. I will be in Phoenix here in the uh in, in the next couple months for uh for Super Bowl week most likely. So I'll get to uh experience the the the, the Phoenix era, the Arizona climate and uh experience, I guess. Well, hopefully the Patriots <clears throat> No, they're not going to make it. I'm kidding. That's another <laughs> That's a No, that the is... Cowboys. I'm just kidding. I don't think they're going to well, make it either. <laughs> well, Nathan has different opinions about the Jets. Yeah, I mean that's a sore subject. <laughs> In all honesty, the Bills are I'm, the Bills will probably be there. What do you think about the Bills? Because you're I'm up in New York. I I really dislike the Bills uh, quite Same. strongly, actually. Like I mean, I mean, so, so St. Bonaventure is only like an hour away from Buffalo. Oh. I, mean, I'm, I I I have the, the the pleasure, I guess, of knowing like many Bills fans, and I personally am. I'm, I just I don't know. I they they just Bills fans rub me the wrong way. Is it Same. the jumping on tables that gets to you? You don't like the jumping on tables? It's not even that. I don't know. I mean, they just, I, I feel like they, they're just like obnoxious about like, about like how good like the bills are. And like, they, I don't know. They're not, they just rub Josh me Josh Allen off. is good though. If he Dak good. Prescott yeah, was as good, good as Dak and Josh good. Allen. But I feel like just with like so many friends that are bills fans and like just talking about them nonstop, like all dreamy eyed and everything. It's just, I don't know. I just got so sick of that. I, I mean, love that. Having to face the, you know, having to face them twice a year as a Jets fan, and like they they beat us in twenty or twenty fifteen to knock us out of the playoffs, and uh, so I don't know, I just I'm just so bitter against the Bills for so many. That's weeks. that's me against the Eagles. I know that they're good right now. I get it, but I cannot root for them. And having to face them twice a year too, I cannot stand them. Sorry, Eagles fans out there, you don't at me for that one. Don't hate us, Marissa. Um, Marissa, of course, a good friend of us in the NASCAR community. So, uh, <laughs> Marissa, it should, there should be only one Marissa who knows what we're talking about. But um, don't at me, Marissa. Yeah, don't at don't at Michelle. 
Uh, as far as me being a Patriots fan, I'll just leave. Uh, what's, what happened in Vegas should just stay in Vegas. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say on that topic. I'm pretty bitter about that. Those are awesome. I, uh, what were they doing at the end of that game? Do you have any idea? It looked like uh, they were playing keep away. I, I, I thought they were playing hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> me too. What kind of a play was that? I do not know. They were just trying to run out the clock and it failed on them, right? I mean, (laughs) I don't know what was going on. Sometimes you just got to take the L, take the, take the L and go to OT. But um, I think Belichick had some CTE himself. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. I'm sad because I don't know if the Super Bowl days are coming back anytime soon, but uh, I'm a Bruins fan. So yay, Bruins hockey season's here. Yay, stars. Let's go stars. I actually live half an hour from their their minor league stadium, so yeah, I get to watch their uh, little affiliate every once in a while. We should really do a sports talk show uh, on our podcasting platform. <laughs> this will be fun. This is like a little segue, folks. This is what this was the fun about having TPF Live episode fifty five being an off season episode. We wouldn't do this on a NASCAR season one, but hey, we're gonna do it now. But yeah, folks, if you like their opinions, let us know. You don't like them, let us know. Just don't do crickets. We want to hear from you, folks. We 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 really want to hear from you. Yeah, you're you heard that the urgency in my voice, the uh, the growl, if you will. Really, but really want to hear from you. Please do, because if we don't, we're going to be really sad and uh, a little bit emo here. No, I hope not. Um, but anyways, that's putting perspectives. Why don't we get to the hot seat right now? And this is a pretty awesome hot seat because typically I would be the one fielding these interviews, but I get to chill for once in a uh, once in a while now that we have got Nathan doing interviews and Michelle once in a while when she makes her appearances like Whoopi Goldberg in Star Trek: The Next Generation. I, I welcome <laughs> her doing some uh, interviews with us too. But uh, Nathan, why don't you take the steering wheel of our stock car right now and uh, tell us what you did with Roger? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit there when we talked about uh, Roger there towards the end of uh, Podium Perspectives. But yeah, I know this is my first my first hot seat interview here in a while. I think probably first since um, what I got from Watkins Glen Weekend. So definitely been, been like, what, three months, four months. But uh, excited for this one, though. I mean, I enjoy talking with Roger here pretty recently um, about the new deal there, driving the number 24 Chevrolet for GMS Racing in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. I'm starting to get that ingrained in my head. Craftsman, not Camping World. Um, truck series in 2023 uh, so just kind of talked about um, you know his uh, his 2022 season kind of everything uh, you know with the Arca stuff and Xfinity and, and trucks there that, that part-time stuff uh, he talks about a big learning experience he had in the Xfinity series which if you follow him I'm, I'm sure you'll know what it is He'll, he touches about that a lot he can give a really good answer about uh, kind of what he took away from from that in one of the Xfinity races and then just kind of going into you know uh, kind of what we touched on in, in putting perspective, just the, the new deal with, with GMS, uh, kind of how it came about, his expectations for the season uh, and all that. So I guess without further ado, here he is, the man of the hour, Mr. Raja Karuth, next on the hot seat. All right, so just to start here, um, you know, this this last week or so since this announcement, just what's it kind of been like seeing, you know, all the fan engagement and support behind you and, and this deal here with uh, GMS? Yeah, Nathan, it's... The support's been amazing to just see all kind of the positivity about 
from not only those outside the industry, but those in the industry that has kind of been a lot personally. And at the same time, it's been fun because kind of the work has already started. And now since kind of everything's unwrapped, like the reins are kind of reeled off and you can just get to work. So the support has been amazing. And again, I'm just counting down the days till uh till Daytona. It's less it's two days, two days, it'll be two months till Daytona. So I can't wait. Awesome. So um let's start a little bit with with 2022 here so obviously your main priority was full-time arca um you know with the 20 races there just how would you evaluate uh you know your season running you know full-time arca menards this year in the arca car was pretty a lot of ups and downs i would say and uh i went literally from the highest of highs almost i guess i, I didn't win but you know finished second third fourth fifth Led laps, ran up front, you know, was a consistent threat to win. And at the same time, had days where, you know, I was the worst out of the competitive cars. And so uh, with that being said, going from leading the points for over half the season to being uh, third in the standings after Toledo, it was, uh, it was a pretty hard year, I think, mentally, just to deal with all that, just because it was really my first go around in, in a situation like that. But I honestly learned a lot. Um, and I think nowadays or at this current point i feel like i'm much more developed as a young young man than i was even six months ago or three months ago and now <clears throat> being in a spot where i can be at a professional race team and uh, just focus on being a race car driver is going to be really good for my performance next year so you did the seven Xfinity races you did four truck races it seemed like kind of towards the end of the Xfinity slate you really started to piece together those complete races and you know uh, a couple top 15 finishes there just how important were those races just to kind of dip your feet into that national series competition and just what can you take away from those 11 races yeah that was that's huge man like those those national series races were really big for me again developing as a driver but as a as a young man um Josh Williams <clears throat> gave me some really good advice after I wrecked at Pocono uh before every race he would tell me i can't say the full phrase because it's got expletives in it but it's basically <laughs> don't f up and so you know I, I tried to listen to his advice and since then i didn't really mess up after that point so um i think those races really taught me a lot about even the small things that aren't so small um keeping caught up under caution pit road speed in terms of not speeding necessarily but rolling and hitting your lights properly, getting in and out of, out of your box, um, your tire prep under, under caution and keeping kind of keeping ahead of where the racetrack's going with how the rubber lays down, how the temperature changes and a lot of different nuances that you gain, you know, as a, as a driver in your, your knowledge bank, the more you do it. And those lessons were, were pivotal in me developing like as a driver. And so now next year, I feel like I can hit the ground running and, you know, pick up, even further along than where I uh, I left off in November at Phoenix. I wanted to touch on Pocono because I know that's that's something you've talked a lot about. I can tell that that moment has definitely stuck with you a lot. Um, and, you know, you've, you've talked a lot about, you know, the frustration and, and trying to learn from that. So what have you been able to learn from that moment uh, with Alex LeBay and apply from that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, man, I learned so much from that experience. And at first I thought I was like, I used to think like, okay, I'll give anything to have that experience back. But I think now I wouldn't have changed it just because I learned so much from not only like driving in terms of situationally being situationally aware of like what lap it is, 
what my balance of my car is and where I am, especially on the racetrack, just to not even be in that spot again. Um, when inevitably you will be in situations or I'll be in situations similar to do so, but just to act upon it a little bit different and be present. And I think, uh, I mean, those factors are like, you know, it was lap two. Uh, there's no reason to really cut it that close and get it in behind them. Um, especially being that free kind of on the bottom. And then also just kind of how to deal with it. Like after the fact, like, that was really hard because I never really had a mistake like that or made one in my career so far. And I know I'll, I'll make ones from time to time as does everybody. Right. But that was my first time really doing it on a big stage with like the in-car camera in an Xfinity race. So that was kind of the, the worst possible outcome to, to be honest. So uh, with that being said, I didn't really handle it the best way mentally for really like the, the month, month and a half after it just really just messed up my like my swagger like I had no confidence like I was just kind of at a at a low point because I just really didn't use the people that I have in my corner to like kind of pull me out of it I just kind of isolated myself and just didn't do it the best way if that makes sense so I would say that experience was although it sucked in the moment I would not change it for the world because I feel like now I'm a lot better for sure. Now, kind of shifting back to to now in this offseason, you know, ending up with GMS, just kind of how did this all work out and get all put together? Yeah, this is this. I mean, I'm <laughs> it makes me so excited talking about being here because they're really like one of the first groups that reached out. And it wasn't a situation, like I said before, it's not a situation of, you know, they wanted me for what I could bring to the team in, in a funding stand, standpoint or like they could potentially get money from me or my family or from partners that I bring to the table. It was like, nah, we want you as, as a driver for us for the, for now and hopefully for the future. And we're going to do what it takes to, uh, to get you here. And so that that's exactly what happened. And I'm really excited to be a part of this race team in a very positive environment. Every time I walk through the race shop and I'm here, I, I just, it, it makes me excited being around, you know, these talented individuals from the fab shop to, up in the office up here and down on on the cup side. Um, I just, I feel very thankful for this, this opportunity. And there's a lot of great individuals that have made it happen. So, yeah. And just what does the atmosphere kind of feel like in the shop? Like a professional race team, man. Like it's, it's legit. And uh, I mean, the small, the thing I told Kelly about this, I guess a week or two ago, but for me, like the small things are a big deal. Like having like a, a nice pit box and a, a hauler and, um, just all the little nuances of being a race team and having deaf in, in your lineup of, of individuals on your race team with a great list of, of credentials on each of them is huge. Um, and uh, again, being a shop where you're looking at cup cars like that for me is honestly pretty cool because as a kid, like you, that's that's the end game right and so to see that you're on the way to potentially do that is is pretty cool i hope that answered your question i kind of no no for sure and then just you know the four truck races you did last year you know whether it's just managing the races or kind of learning how these trucks race just what did you learn from those races that you can apply to uh 2023 i learned honestly the truck races and xfinity races really worked hand in hand and it honestly wasn't that hard like even like phoenix like running both cars the only time it was really hard switching back and forth was qualifying for both both divisions. Other than that, like at Phoenix running the Arca car in the truck was was or not Phoenix, Bristol running the Arca car in the truck wasn't that hard. Same with Kansas, 
Um, I think that was it for later in the year, later in the year. So, I mean, I say they worked hand in hand, understanding that they both drove so differently. Um, but honestly, like comparing the both, like what you get in, uh, in aero grip with the truck, you, you gain in tire grip in the Xfinity car. It's just you don't have as much downforce, you know, driving the Xfinity car, um, but you have more horsepower and have a better tire. And so with that being said, in the truck, you don't have the horsepower, but you got all the side force. So that was something that I really learned a lot about in those four races I had in the truck. Although let's see, I got, I would say two and a half or two and three quarters because Bristol didn't make it in the stage of one and then Phoenix with like 40 to go. So I think those races really helped me, you know, get, get off the spinning rims portion as Tony Stark would say, and just get to work. And so, you know, come Daytona, come Vegas and Atlanta, I think those are the first three. Um, I'll be ready. And touch on a little bit, some of the resources you'll have, you know, two other truck teammates, you know, two cup teammates, and now a NASCAR Hall of Famer in the shop. So how important is all of that in terms of your development as a driver? Yeah, I just, I have a lot of depth and in, in people I can rely upon for information and for advice just because I'm still, you know, very, pretty green in this. Um and understanding, like, I've got to go through some experiences on my own, but at the same time, I mean, I've got one of my heroes, Jimmy Johnson, that is not only a co-owner of the team, um, but also a driver here. So that'll be invaluable, along with uh, Grant Enfinger, who's, I mean, multiple, multiple time truck winner and has raced for a championship multiple times and his crew chief, Jeff, with a ton of experience on the, on their end. And uh, my crew chief, Chad's been through the ringer a lot of times and all the individuals on my team as well. So we're all racers here. And so to, to be a part of this organization is huge. And, you know, I have a, I have a great relationship with Noah Gregson and um, we've already been talking in terms of just how he can help me just take the next step and, you know, maximize this opportunity as, as much as I can. And I want to touch on Grant, you know, somebody that's a, a veteran of the series, you know, you know, he knows these trucks so well, just, uh, you know, how important is it to, you know, lean on him and just ask questions and get that feedback when, when you need it. It's huge, you know, to have his, to know that he has my best interest in mind and understanding like, yes, we're competing, but we're also racing for one team and we have one goal uh, is, is huge. And so to, I mean, even nowadays just making kind of small talk, I mean, I can just tell all the things that he knows and it's going to be very, very awesome to just have his, uh, have his expertise and advice in certain situations. Uh, One thing that comes to mind is at Charlotte in the Arca car, you know, we've, he's brought up that example a couple of times whenever him and I just have some one-on-one discussions or whatever. And it's like, that's what you don't need to do, you know, because you don't always have to be on 100% all the time. It's okay to be at 98 or 95%. And that's one thing that he's already kind of taught me and something I've been trying to apply, you know, coming for uh, for the rest of the races that this next year. Now, with the exception of just a couple places, I think you're you're seeing most tracks really just the first or second time really outside of like Richmond, uh, Kansas. So with such a diverse truck series schedule, um, what could be the most challenging part of the schedule to adapt to? Is it road course racing or super speedways or, you know, something else? I mean, none of them. I I hope not. I'm going to prepare as much as I can for every single, single race. And I can guarantee you when I get to the racetrack, I'll be plugged in in terms of where we're at and, uh, the surface, the the characteristics of the speedway and, and the weather. And so um, I'm going to be ready for when we go to Coda, when we race on the dirt in Bristol or the high banks of Charlotte and Kansas or going back to mid Ohio, I'm going to be ready for all of them. So uh, I see no excuses and see just plenty of opportunity. 
and with a lot of driver movement in the truck series, uh, just what what do you think the competitive the competitiveness of the series will, will look like in 2023? Probably a lot more competitive than last year. Um, got a lot of depth, got a lot of good talent, um, got some not so good talent and, and good equipment, and uh, we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting, but uh, I mean, I ain't worried about nobody. I'm just gonna do my thing and. Hopefully that parlays to uh, running up front on a weekly basis. And you mentioned your crew chief, Chad Walter, just how much time have you spent with him so far and, and why do you think you'll work well with him? Yeah. I mean, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time with him recently and um, now kind of we're in a lull almost getting ready for, for the winter, not the winter, but for holidays. And uh, I feel great working with him because I mean, having conversations with him, I feel like we're, we're equals in the sense of like, he's not talking down to me. And, you know, I feel like my opinion has value whenever we discuss things off the bat. So I feel like that, that sets us up for having a good year, um, a great year actually. And um, also he, he does a lot of, a, a lot of notes and is, is very plugged in in terms of his, his work ethic away from the shop. And so am I, so I think they will, uh, our, our habits will marry each other and, we'll have an exceptional year. And last couple of things here, just, you know, these first few races, as you get uh, adjusted to this new team, just what's the approach? Just execute. That's the only approach I really have. Just do my homework, get to bed on time, do my schoolwork actually, and and get that out the way. And that way I can be just full focus on a race car driver, being a race car driver. And um, when I get to the racetrack, just don't try too hard and execute to the best of my ability. And I know my, my race team will do the same. And, uh, that'll parlay to some success. And why do you feel like you'll be able to succeed in 2023? I mean, I have all the resources, all the bells and whistles and all the assets that, you know, anyone could ever need to, to be successful at this level and competitive. And I know that I have a work ethic second to none. And so I'm going to continue that and, and increase it more over this, this little break. And uh, come January 2nd, we're going to hit the ground running and keep moving and, uh, you'll see it throughout the year that uh, I don't play around. And last question, just in your eyes, what do you need to do uh, to meet your goals and have the year that you want to have? Just do the things I know I'm supposed to do off the racetrack, because I know being in the truck on, you know, for the 23 races in, in those situations, it'll show the uh, the time and the effort and the thought that has been put in away from the racetrack. So the only thing I can do is just do my best. And that means, again, doing my preparation, giving my all in the simulator and in the DIL to getting up on time and going to workouts and eating properly and getting to sleep on time and just making sure my mental is right. So uh, if I do all of that and then some just like list this year, but a little bit better and more responsibly, then uh, that that's how I'll meet my expectations and goals. And I know at that point, if I do what I'm supposed to do, the results will come. And if they don't, you know, I'll, I'll just accordingly. Awesome. That was Mr. Roger Carruth in the hot seat with Nathan Solomon. And that was a really awesome interview. It was like being Bob Ross giving the canvas an easel um, to one of his apprentices or his kids. Um, so I actually got to be like him in the beginning of the episode. Um, but unlike the Bob Ross experience, this one was actually entertaining and awesome. Um, whereas the other, when Bob Ross hands it away to someone else, I was like, all right, I'm going to just change it to another channel. But um, that's an old obscure reference. I think maybe Michelle might understand that one. But if she doesn't, that's okay. Wait, are you calling me old? No, I'm not. Bob Ross is not old. He's 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 just. I think you were calling me old. No, I can I only not. have so many 29th birthday, you know. <laughs> 
I was not calling you old, but uh, I know some folks who are younger than me that know Bob Ross, but hey, you know, we, we love to throw the obscure references here. That's what we do. Um, it's just the way of life with having me as the main host. But here we are. It is the end of our show, the last of our 2022 episodes. But don't you worry, folks, because um, as luck will have it, we're going to be heading to the month of January not too long from now. So I feel like if we get these interviews, and it sounds like Nathan and I are going to be getting some, and I'm sure Michelle, I'm sure anyone else with the TPF family are going to get some interviews. I feel like we're going to be back to a weekly format here very shortly because uh, the bush-like clash in LA is not too long around the corner, as Nathan pointed out earlier. And thank you for doing that because like, I was thinking, oh, crap, how many more weeks and days are we going to have until we get to our first race of the season? But uh, not long from now. So lots around the corner. But before we sign off, I do want to thank all of our fans, our family and our friends for supporting us all season long. Yes, we're we are officially in season two of TPF Live. Crazy to think that Nathan and I recorded the Christmas episode probably on this exact date last year. Um, and we did two episodes and then we didn't do the show until I think what, excuse me, mid-January. And uh I feel like we found our groove in season and the season one, and now here we are, season two. So thanks to Nathan as well for being an awesome co-host along the way. And I'm looking forward to working with Nathan, of course, uh, throughout 2023. And also, please wish us luck with the NMPA because a lot of us in the TPF family submitted our entries for the National Motorsports Press Association oh. Awards that will be ongoing next month. Some of us may be there. So if you are at that award ceremony, I think I forget where in North Carolina, but somewhere in North Carolina, if you are there, please greet us. And uh, if we're not there, we're at a racetrack, please greet us still. We're friendly. We're not going to hurt you. As Michelle can tell you, I, I was pretty nice, I thought. But uh, a, I did not pay her to say that, by the way. I promise there is no one being paid to be telling people I'm nice. <laughs> no, no. And I just, you really were because I was having a really bad day and you walk in the media center and sometimes it can be really intimidating, especially once again, there weren't even very many females covering that race and none of my other cohorts were with me. They didn't make the trip from Phoenix. So you were very nice. Well, thank you. And uh, so are you out. I, I was happy when you would be around because my photographers left me alone doing their work and I'd be like, okay, what do I do besides tweet about the race and go outside once in a while? And I was like, uh, I noticed you were kind of like, you you were wanting to talk to someone. And I was oh, like, you can I, say I it. You can no. say it. I was bored. I was bored. Just say it. I mean, I go out <laughs> no. and for, for us broadcast reporters, we go out, we shoot our video and I shoot like four hours of film for two minute video news package. So, you know, I had to keep coming in. I was bored. It was hot. So, oh, you know, yeah. you can you can tell the truth. I mean, you wouldn't I wouldn't say bored. I think you were more inquisitive and wanting to talk to someone for sure. And I was like, well, I wouldn't say I was bored either. I mean, I, I was a, I feel like I'm I'm wearing like shaded glasses, but well, I know pretty for, decent race for anyone listening. I'm not saying that being at the race or covering it is boring. It was just that there was a rain delay and I had already gotten so much film. I was just like, there's not much else for me to do, but I couldn't right. go home because we had to stay for the post-race press conference. A, yeah. a lot of riders go home because they had a deadline. They didn't even stay for the press conference, but because that we are uh, video, 
I mean, because it's TV, I had I had to get video. Yep. I had to be there for our outlet because I felt like, hey, you know what? I'm here late anyways. Um, I might as well do the, pre I mean, I always like to do the press conferences. They're fun. And I like watching, you know, the, the clips of them on YouTube because there might be something I learned from what I have asked and go, oh, that, that didn't sound good. Or, oh, okay, maybe I'll do questions like that. So I do critique myself in that regard. But uh, I do want to give shout outs to you, of course, for being so awesome to me during that weekend, because I feel like that was my favorite Texas race weekend of my many trips I've gone there. So thank you for making oh. that a pleasant one. And I really, really hope that's not the last time we see each yeah, other. Yeah, uh, no, no problem at all. It was great. I mean, like I said, it was it, it was great that you were there and you stayed and we both got everything we needed for our stories. And that's what counts. Right. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. And there'll be many, many, many more stories in 2023, as Nathan can tell you, because I think, Nathan, before we wrap up this show, um, yeah, you could give it away. I mean, episode 56 is coming around the corner um, in January. I believe you did another interview, didn't you? I did. I don't know. Should I give it away? You can give hints. I'll, I'll give a I'll, I'll give a, a decent hint. It's not going to be too, um, too, too much of a giveaway, but... This driver is a uh, uh, a contending driver in the NASCAR Xfinity Series season, returning from the 2022 season in 2023. So that, that's all I'll give. So he's a, hmm. uh, a contending driver. He's up in the mix. Uh, so, you know, you can take guesses, you know, leave, leave some comments, leave uh, tweet us, uh, take a guess on who it is. So, I mean, I know that that, that might narrow it down to uh, really five or six drivers <laughs> here, but uh, that, that that's the hint. He's a contending driver from 2022 to 20, returning in 2023. I won't take a guess at that because I will disqualify myself because Nathan did tell me, but I will not mention it because I am going to be a good editor-in-chief and just let people guess on that. Stew it over. Something I really want to cover next season is the streetcar race in Chicago. We haven't we haven't mm. even talked about that, but Julie Giese, who was the Phoenix Raceway president, I've had a chance to interview her a couple of times in Phoenix. She is now out there in Chicago to head up this NASCAR street race, and I think it looks amazing. I don't have you guys gotten any emails on that? Oh yeah, I've gotten tickets to be like, you should be there. Join I, us. I want to cover that so bad next year. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I, I feel like that's going to be. Let's go. Come on, make it happen. <laughs> TPF road trip to Chicago, July. Yes, let's make it happen. There you go. Well, that's a challenge right there. We don't typically back down from challenges. I so. can get the flights. My family works for American Airlines. Well, I, I got Ooh. the flights, but we got to get the press credentials. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off scene uh, so that we can figure that out. Hey, folks, that's like off the behind the door stuff that we're doing right now. Look at that. We're so transparent. Sidebar. Sidebar. That's right. <laughs> this is kind of like hearing uh, a court case, but exact. we're not arguing. We're having fun. But, um, man, I'm going to have to be a party pooper because this, it is time to go and put a bow on this show, unfortunately. But uh, before I do wrap it up. Michelle, again, thank you so much for joining us. And please do not be a stranger to not only meeting up with me again, but also with the show, because we we're, we're we're having so much fun. I feel like this was just a warm-up act for you to, to do more chats with us about motorsports. So please, please, please come back for sure. And Nathan, oh, of course. Always, always a pleasure to have you on as well, Nathan. You know that, but you know, let the folks know that because I'm not an ungrateful host. 
uh, unlike some of my my critics will say if I have any critics crickets 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 anyways you let, haven't uh, made it till you have haters by the way I do have some haters but I am not a player hater so but I you just, haven't made it till you have haters so there you go uh-huh we'll save that topic for another time because I feel like I had a lot of haters in 2020 but uh, this is a new year and it's gonna be a new time good times ahead so Michelle Nathan thank you so much Yes, folks, it is time to wrap up TPF Live, episode number 55 with Roger Caruso. So with that, folks, for Michelle Friedman or Michelle Aaron, and for Nathan Solomon, I'm your host, Rob T. Youngson, saying thank you so much for joining us today, along with Roger Caruso. For more episodes, if you want to check out our previous episodes, you can check those out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platforms you're listening to. And we will be back right after the holiday breaks. And we will do our first episodes in early January and move back to a weekly format. So woo-hoo-hoo-hoo on that. But until then, folks, happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Boxing Day. And please, happy holiday season, happy New Year. Don't do anything silly. We want to have you all back. Limbs and all, don't do a John Paul Pierre with fireworks. And anyways... I'm going to raise this bottle of water to you all. Happy 2023. And uh, as I always say, let's go get that checkered flag. And I will see you all out there. So long, everyone.